Hello. Hey there. You're not Alicia. No, I'm not. Welcome to Adulting Midwest Style. I'm Aaron. I'm Max. And Max is my friend from high school. And our fantasy football bet this year was if he beat me two times out of two, he got to be on the podcast and sure as shit. Here I am. Here he is. All right. So today I am drinking the Timekeeper Distillery Wet Seltzer. Is that that like, I just think of Family Guy whenever I hear wet. Yes. Oh, very nice. This is from Wausau. Wausau, Wisconsin. That has some good pop to it. The vodka seltzer? Yeah, it's pineapple-y. It's fine. It's good. Really? Yeah. I might have had it had I known that it was pineapple. I'm drinking a Goodland Extracts CBD sparkling water uh, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're going to get high. You're going to get... No, it's not like that, but we'll see. That was a pretty good pop, too. Yeah. You want a little little of this action? Yeah. So, yes, Max won the whole league this year. You didn't even... You walked through everybody except Sean. Yeah. It was brisk pace. Yeah. Yeah. And I did not. I actually came in last place also yeah. known as taking the sacco to the face i remember that i enjoyed that almost I, as much as winning and that means i get to be beer bitch the next time we oh, have yeah. our we have our uh draft decision day and i still have to etch your name on the fucking trophy it's beautiful it's sitting it's, across the table it's like a right slap now. in the face like not only do i not etch my own name imagine heidi klum mixed with megan fox mixed with mila kunis it's just beautiful Okay. Yeah. Sure. It mixed with Kate, my fiance, by the way. Good save right there. Yeah. Got it. Uh, But yeah, our fast football league undoubtedly is the most intense. High school friends see each other every single year. And this is the most intense fast football league. And it's not even for like extra money. What? It's, I thought I was winning thousands and thousands of dollars. No, you year. you got like 150 bucks because oh you won. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 150 and 50. Yeah, probably. We'll have to check with the secretary. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, so it's not even for that much money. I have other leagues where winner gets like 400 bucks, and I care more about this league oh, yeah. than I do that one. And the best part about it is, you want to win, but. Most of all, you don't want to lose. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And winning one one sacco or losing one sacco is yeah. like the absolute worst. You could win four championships. It doesn't matter. Your name is forever down. Yes, down. our sacco trophy is hockey sticks with a jock strap and tennis balls. You can imagine what that looks like. Uh, they're painted blue now, I believe. And oh, they, so they're blue tennis balls. It's it's kind of it would be a really good uh, dashboard kind of like bobblehead because the balls really do swing back and forth very nicely. <laughs> I can't wait to put that on my mantle at home. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, we're going to be getting to something extremely pretty serious though, yeah. because back in August, your mother passed yep. from colon cancer mm-hmm. and my stepdad passed back in 2013 he had pancreatic cancer and we just wanted to talk about what it's like to go through that um 
you know, they weren't necessarily, it wasn't their time. No. And Alicia's mom passed when she was seven and she was basically taking care of her family. But this, this is a totally different aspect because she was seven. She got adopted right afterwards. It was all set in stone even before her mother passed. But she doesn't even remember any part of that life that she lived prior to seven. I'm sure she has memories here and there, but she doesn't care to talk about it and she doesn't really care to remember it so she just doesn't hmm. but you're the most fresh out of this do you want to tell your story yeah so uh aaron definitely got a chance to know my mom quite mm -hmm. well uh terry terry she was diagnosed with colon cancer about eight years ago now uh a bit of a unique situation i had the rare opportunity to find out while I was studying abroad. Um, they called me up on whatever we were using at the time. I think it was WhatsApp or Skype. Yeah, we might have been Skyping. Was that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I could tell something was up and she had just had her, I think she wasn't quite 50 yet, but there were some, some bowel issues going on. She was having trouble making it to the bathroom on time and like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And uh, so she went and got checked up, and they had to call me while I was uh, in Ireland, you know. Having time of your life, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. I had already been to a couple countries, made a ton of new friends, and gotten very wet. It was very, very rainy there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and they had called me and said, hey, we just got some hard news. You know, mom got diagnosed. We don't know what we're up against here. We don't know how serious it is. Uh, we're talking to the doctor. Basically, anybody who's been through the situation knows it's difficult to deal with, but it's almost the not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing what you're up against. That's harder than anything else. And they had said, we don't know if we're going to have to put you on a plane tomorrow or the end of the week, or I still had three or four months left. Yeah. And at that point, you just didn't even care. You were just like, tell me what I need to do. Right. And what would you do in that best situation? Or yeah. Best case scenario, you, you get to hug your parents and say, I'm sorry, this is terrible. I'll yeah. be there for you. I couldn't even, you know, go to my best friend or even a friend, you know, right. everybody there. <laughs> you had just gotten to know. Yeah. And here I am. I, I don't even know people's last names and I have to talk to somebody about this hard news. Yeah. Um, so there is a happy, you know, happy, I don't know, not end of the story, but I, I was able to come home at the end of my term and we, she got it under control and she was in chemo and radiation and she was able to make it, uh, till that point. And she in fact lived another seven to eight years mm -hmm. after that, which we had talked to the doctor and I think a four year mark with this disease at stage four it colon is. cancer is less than 5%. Yeah. And she made it to seven. There was, wasn't there a, a remission yeah, period? I think, and I'm not, I sell wine for a living. <laughs> I am not is, a doctor. <laughs> 
so I don't really know much about medical background or medical anything, but from what I understand, there are different cancer markers in your blood. And when you have cancer, they can tell by a certain blood work and they can tell when it gets below a certain threshold. That's when you're declared cancer free. Yeah. It's a rather uneasy, fake celebratory kind yeah. of event at times. It, did you have to deal with anything like this? Yeah. So mine, my stepdad was diagnosed. This was junior year in college, 2012 at the time. And we had just started school. It was like September, early, mid-September. And my mom called. And it wasn't anything weird, but it was just like, hey, just so you know, Randy has cancer. I go, oh, like I didn't know, like it was unbeknownst to me that he was even really sick. He was having some back pain and he went to the Cairo. He did this, did that. And he ended up going to the doctor and that's what they figured out. It was that he was having pancreatic cancer and the amount of cancer was actually hurting his back. Like it was maybe on the backside of his pancreas. I'm not, again, not a doctor. <laughs> and they gave him one to two months to live. It was stage four that bad. And when my mom said that, I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know how to like take that. And it was one of those things where, one month went by, you know, I would call, I was, I lived in town. I would go home, um, drop my laundry off, <laughs> give my laundry to my mom, say hi to everyone. Um, two months went by, three months went by. I ended up having to quit baseball because I didn't want baseball in the spring starting in mid-March. I just didn't want to not be around. Yeah. And that was like a whole different time commitment, a whole different on top of school, on top of baseball, on top of what I'm doing outside my life. Um, I just couldn't do it. And I had to quit baseball, which I didn't want to do, but I knew I had to. Well, and, at the same time, if you would have stayed, your mind would have been elsewhere. It would have been three different places yeah. at once. And baseball is already stressful enough. Practice from 9 to midnight. Workouts after. Class at 8 a.m. Sometimes we'd start, we'd do morning practice, like at 5 in the morning. After that? No. Oh. That that did happen, though. Jeez. We, that did happen. We worked, we, we practiced 9 to midnight. We went back, and we were back at 4.30 in the morning. And I'm not kidding. Did you sleep in your stuff? <laughs> <laughs> you should have <laughs> no but by the time i got back and then you're wired up you you were just oh, working out yes it's like all right so i'm not, just not gonna sleep I'm just not even gonna i don't even think i tried <laughs> but use your glove as a pillow <laughs> yeah yeah um but he had made it through the first semester through the second semester and it was like the week before finals of my junior year and my mom said He's going in the hospice. Just want to let you know. And again, like at the time, like you can't really process what's going on other than he has given it his all. He was a big dude. He was, you know, 
250, 300 pound dude. And now he's sitting at like a 170. Like he is lean and thin and like, you could just tell. And I still have those final days locked in my head. And when he passed, it was not by no means a good thing, but it was just that like weight lifted off your chest. It happened. I'm sad, but I'm glad that it happened because he was just his last probably five days of his life. He wasn't himself. He was just a zombie. I totally know what you're saying. And I had a hard time grasping that feeling for a long time. I would be talking to those hospice nurses and they would be saying, you know, like it's, it's best that they go. They're suffering right now. And I got mad at them. Yeah. I was just furious. Yeah. And you're like, no, this is my mom. I love her. I don't want her to go. What are you talking about? And hospice is a very humbling place. Yes. And it's, it's a very wonderful place at the same time. If you, it's so much better to go to hospice and get those last final moments with your loved ones mm-hmm. and be able to say goodbye than just, you know, having them taken from you at any given moment. But I definitely understand what you're talking about. And when you were going through this, like I was going to text you and it was extremely bad timing. Like when I thought about this, I'm like, his mom's in hospice. Like, I, I really wish I could help. I wish I could do something. I wish I could. And I was going to text you something like, hey, like, thinking about you. Like, I hope everything's going well. And literally the next day, your mom passed. Yeah. And it was kind of like that. I wish I would have sent it. But at the same time, like, I had no idea how much longer, how bad she was or anything. Yeah. And um, it's kind of that, like, that coping me- mechanism of, like, I've been through it and there's no other way of getting through it other than getting through it. Yeah. And how, how have you been doing? Uh, How's your family been doing? I'm surprised at how well my family is doing. My mom was the homemaker. She was the home the, baker. Yeah, the cookie. Culp cookies. Look them up on Facebook. C U L P cookies. They we still know how to make them, but they're they're not the same. No, they only have about half as much love, and that was the secret ingredient. But anyways, she was an incredible baker, just incredibly incredibly charitable. And how much did you guys donate? Oh, you you're up in like the ten thousand dollars. I you? think we're well past that at yeah. this point. So I mean that um, amount of Yes. Uh, goodness. Cookies Curing Cancer was our little fund that we mm-hmm. had going. And also through my mom's memorial fund, we were able to mm-hmm. donate quite a bit to uh, cancer research. Just I, I don't know where all the money goes, but I was happy to donate it there and a yeah. few other places as well. But um, it, it, Randy didn't have that necessary, like we, we had funds or whatnot, but he was part of the uh, the sheriff's department. Mm. So during his wake, I don't know how long I stood up there and shook probably every single person's in the freaking county's hand. 
of just like, hey, he was such a great stand-up guy. Isn't that a humbling moment? Just I know, and it's like people love like the person you love more than anything else. Yeah, I know, and it's even if it's a fake facade, like I'm just going to put I'm going to put this tie on. I'm going to say my respects and leave. Like even I don't even care. Just the fact that like you did put on a tie, you did make time and effort and put time in your schedule to come out and do this. The people that come out of the woodwork that yes. you never would have expected that uh, you haven't seen in almost decades. Your, yeah. Yeah. I, I just couldn't. I waited it. in your mom's funeral line for probably two hours. Yeah. And it was like, I, I thought I came at the right time. <laughs> Uh, and I, I felt guilt like we're in a church like hey i see my friends up there hey yeah. hey hi and like we're texting back and forth and it's like do i dare skip half these people just to like make up a half hour like i st- still looking at an hour and a half it's crazy <laughs> when you're you're the one in the line and you're shaking hands of people who you look at your four or five family members and they don't know who it is either and your your loved one touched this person's life in and, some measurable way where they felt the need to come and pay their respects. Yeah. Uh, it It's also kind of a thing, too, where have you had moments since your mom's passed, I'm sure you have, where something so minute just, like, brings a spark, and you're like, yeah, I heard about signs. That's what I Yeah. When I talked to the nurses at hospice, they kept saying, "Don't worry, they'll they will be there and they will be obvious." And I didn't have one at first. Um I play in a men's hockey league that's full check. I'm not like a pro or anything, but it's it's a decently big it's deal. scrappy and yeah, and there's fighting, and you know I don't have to pay to play, which if you know anything about hockey, that's, that's yeah worth a lot yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was able to score in my first game back, and I, I just broke down in tears, and I I couldn't. And my team was surrounding me, and they were there for me, and I I couldn't even tell you who was there. I was just in my own little world, and you probably remember just like the puck going on your stick. Yeah. And going in the back of the I night. knew where it was going to be. I knew what was going to happen. Like you talk to all those pro athletes, like they just, they see it happening and mm-hmm. it just is crystal clear. Well, after it all happened, I was just a mess. I skated off the ice and went straight to the locker room. And yeah, it was like, I, I was just bawling, just screaming in the locker room, just a 30 <laughs> year old baby. And I felt someone touched my back mm-hmm. and I was I couldn't, by the time I wiped my tears and turned around, no one was there. Right. And I was like, oh my God, my mom's with me. Mm-hmm. She sent me that. I'm, I've had little moments since, even today, you know, seeing little phrases or cardinals or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Have you had a couple moments like that? Y- yeah. Uh, and it's not even necessarily like a moment. It's almost like a, almost like a, a moment where, we're looking for a fourth for golf. And it's just like, oh, you know, Randy loved the golf. I used to golf when I was like really, really little. And then like between my teenage years, I just didn't golf. 
Sure. And then now I golf whenever people ask me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're looking for a fourth, and it's like, oh, you know, Randy would have loved to be this fourth. And even just most recently, I had to sell his golf clubs. And that was kind of like a a shot to the heart. It's a symbolic moment. And I sold them to my boss. So even that, I know my boss is a great guy. And he was looking for a pair of clubs. Those clubs are not made for me. Okay. And I was like, okay, you know what? Here's the deal. Like, they're not made for me. They could either sit in the bottom of the basement right. and collect dust, or I could get some money for them and get some new clubs. And that's what I did. And it's it's more or less that time. I couldn't imagine doing that a year after no. he died or two years. Like, it's been, what, nine nine years now? It's hard to say. I'm sure it feels like yesterday, too. Yeah. And I remember it was probably a week after he had passed. And something stressful like i will admit that like when he first passed i didn't cry i didn't i didn't like it was kind of like that i knew it was going to happen it happened one extremely funny story that i tell everybody was that he was a jokester and after he had passed the people that came to get him put him in the bag and I could see it. I was standing right there. I could just see his foot go blink. (laughs) And she went to go zip up the bag and there's his foot just sticking out of the bag. She had to like unzip the bag and put his foot back in. And it was kind of like that. Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, I, it's, it's that funny sort of joke that like, you, you just knew that he was right there and just like standing there laughing. And it's, it's those things that you miss that, you know, you just have to like, I remember that moment for who knows what reason it was just it is ingrained in my head. It's... Yeah. I... Were you uh, there when he passed? It was at four in the morning and I don't want to say that I was woken up by it for no reason should a college kid be awake at four in the morning, but I wasn't sleeping very hard. No. And my mom came in and she's like, it happened is essentially what she said. But it's the, it's that weird thing where. I wasn't there, but I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't like out of it. Like I was like kind of conscious. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know why I would have been awake other than you kind of, there's always like those uh, s- super, what word am I looking for? Natural? Supernatural signs. And yeah, that's probably why I was even half awake. At sure. that point in the morning, were you? Uh, I was there, and we were in hospice for July and most of August. I think we were there close to ten weeks. Um, August fifteenth. August fifteenth, 
I think we went in just after my mom went into the hospital on my dad's birthday. And then we went to hospice, I think close to July 1st, something like that. But I remember she was to the point where she was unconscious and it, she wasn't there. I mean, it was almost easier that she wasn't there for like the last three days. She was moaning and making these guttural sounds like you just stub your toe, but it's not anything recognizable. Yeah. And we were all just together outside in the sunlight where she loved to be. Mm -hmm. She would sit outside on the deck and sun herself, you know, half an hour while we were at school or whatnot. And she was surrounded by her three kids, her husband and her cute little pup. And Mm -hmm. she passed and we could tell her breathing was just going. And I just, I remember her changing color like rapidly and every minute that you turn around and look at her after it was like, that's, it's not my mom. You can just tell it. She's just not there. It's not my mom and doesn't even look like her anymore. Do you have any advice for anyone going through this or having been through it or what have you picked up? Um, I was very lucky is what I picked up. I, I got seven years with my mom when it could have been as quickly as yours. Yeah. And even the last, you know, eight out of those 10 weeks, I was able to see my mom have reunions with all of her friends and Mm -hmm. all these different family members and just tell stories and laugh. And it was the hardest time of my life, but at the same time, it was just wonderful to have that family time together to say, I love you Mm -hmm. until it's an awkward silence because you just don't know what to say anymore. Right. And I, I mean, it's very cliche, but I just, you just say, I love you every time you hang up the phone or you hug them goodbye. You just never know. Yeah. And I've picked up that time. I mean, at first you're just like, you'll be doing some random stupid thing and just think of them and just want to break down crying. That, that literally happened to me. I had, he had passed on a Friday and I had started my new job on Monday and I had to go to work. Like, how do you explain like yeah. me needing just like five minutes to just like gather myself? And it's just like, now there's those sparse moments where it's just like a good brings a smile to your face moments it can be as simple as a ray of sunshine yep i mean it's really just the basic parts of life that'll just get you hung up for a minute or two Mm -hmm. and i'm lucky enough where i have a great support support system around me where i can just look at my fiance and she knows Mm mm-hmm it it happens, you know, three times in one day and then not for three weeks. It's, yep. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just deep. It's heavy. You have anything else? No, I appreciate you having me on and talking about it a little bit more. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great way to get anything off your mind, anything that's on your chest. And maybe some people relate 
some people might be going through this. Don't know. So at the end of the day, it's nice to be able to share with your friend for yourself. And at the same time, they want to be there for you through it all and do it for them so they can do it for you. Yeah. It's a win-win. I appreciate you. Appreciate you too, buddy. Well, that's going to be it. Can I, I have one closing word? Sure. I am the Chavermeister. I am the best fantasy football player out there. Aaron, you suck. These are true statements. They are, they are not untrue. <laughs> but uh, don't forget to uh, give us maybe a five-star rating oh, on the podcast. Uh, maybe, maybe a thumbs up. Maybe, maybe a listener, too. How about that? All right. Cheers, cheers. to Randy and cheers to Terry. Yes. All right. We, we have cans. They're horrible. <laughs> there. Yeah. Okay. Right next to Mike. All right. Cheers. Cheers.